Okay, we're up to Daf Nun Aleph. I'm an Aleph. Great way to start. Um, the Gemara says we are up to three, four, five, six lines into the page. We're continuing in the uh, in the narrative. Uh, we'll have a little bit more Agadita, and then we'll go back to regular Gemara. So we said yesterday that Bar Kapara was not invited to Rav Yudanasi's child's wedding because he was a little bit of a, of a jokester, and then he thought that it would change the vibe of the wedding they were going for. It was more, it was a Litvish, a Hasidish wedding. It wasn't Svardish, it was, it was much more serious. And uh, no, seriously, it's, it was, they were going for like somber. The kids are, so, but he eventually, he graffitied the wall, and then Rebbe invited him in. Okay, so the Gemara talks about this wedding. Pashtus, this story is about this wedding. So the Gemara says, Amr la bar kapara Rebbe. Bar kapara said to Rebbe's daughter on the day before the wedding, which he was not invited to, he says, L'machar, tomorrow, shasina chamra birikuda. Tomorrow, I'm going to drink wine, birikuda davicha, while your father's dancing in front of me. Meaning, you could say he's a funny, he's a funny guy. He said, "Not only am I going, your father's going to dance in front of me. I'm going to be drinking wine while he dances in front of me." And while your mother is singing. So, by the way, just Aga, before we continue, what do you mean women sing? You can't women listen to women sing. So the Ben the says it was the Svardisha la 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 that thing, and he said that that's what they would do, and, and he felt that that's not a problem of Kalisha, and that was an old minig. Or it, uh, it's unclear exactly what Barkapara meant. Maybe that was part of the joke. That it was, uh, maybe that was the joke. But, 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 that, but the Benish Chai says that that's, it's referring to that la-la-la thing that's why the show talking to women, the whole thing. Yeah, the whole thing. It's an interesting story. So how did he get there? So this is his prediction. He said, not only am I going to the wedding, I'm going to be like the center stage. So how did this happen? So the Gemara says, Ben Elosa. Ben Elosa is chasne de Rebbe. Ben Elosa was a son-in-law of Rebbe. Ba'asher Godel he was very wealthy. Put that aside. That 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 you'll uh, the significance of that will become clear soon, of why he's wealthy and what doesn't matter. So okay, So Bar was eventually invited in. According to the Ben Ishchai, this is a continuation of the previous story. Meaning, in the middle of the wedding, because the graffiti, he's invited into the wedding. So Bar said to Rebbe, middle of the wedding, my Tayeva. He said, let me te- let me teach you a word. The Pasuk says that if two people are homosexuals, the Pasuk says it's a toeva, it's an abomination. What does the word toeva literally mean? That was his shayla. It's, it's a funny thing to do at a wedding. But he says, well, what does the word toeva mean? So, the Gemara says, Every shot that Rebbe gave, again, the word toeva obviously means an abomination, but what is it literally with toeva? What is the shorish? So everything Rebbe said, Bar Kapara rejected. So it got to the point is Amrle Parashiat, so Rebbe said to Barkapar, so you tell me what's the Pshat. So Amrle, Taisi de Bischo Tirmile Nitla. Your wife's gotta pour me a cup of wine first. I can't I can't tell you a vart until I get a I get a cup of wine. Come on, it's a wedding. So okay. Achas Ramya. She came. Now by the way, the, the, okay, keep going. Amrle the Rebbe. So Barkabar said, I'll tell you a var, but you, you gotta dance in front of me. Come on, it's a chasana, Rebbe, you gotta dance. So Rebbe's dancing now, and it's exactly as he predicted. He's dancing, uh, Rebbe's dancing in front of him with Bar Kapara holding a glass of wine. By the way, the, the reason why Rebbe did this is because for Tyra, it's like, you know, Lilman Tyra of Lemon It's not a bazillion if you're doing this to learn Tyra. Bar Kapara was funny. I, I think he's a funny guy. I, 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 whatever. So you're going to see Ben Alasa, the reason why we said that he was wealthy, he actually walked out. He stormed out because he did not like um, this process. He felt that it was a bazillion at the wedding to make uh, Rebbe do this. But it could be, first of all, a couple of things. First of all, Rebbe and Barakapara probably knew each other at this point. They, they knew, 
you know, it's like when the boys say, quiet, Rebbe, respectfully. You know what I mean? Like, the guys, they know each other. But also, for Tyra, Rebbe was trying to show that for Tyra, you're allowed to dance. So, this is what Barakabar said. Hachi Yom Rechmana, Tayeva is Toya Ataba. Toya Ataba means you're straying from, away from the path. Meaning, Tayeva, homosexuality, is, is, is not just in Avera. It's going away of the normalcy of reality. Toya Ataba, you are straying from, from it. Meaning, from normalcy. That was the Pshat of Te'eva. Okay. Lekasa Achrina Amrla. So he wanted, Barakapar wanted another cup of wine. So in order to get another cup of wine, so he said, what's the word Tevel? Tevel is if a um, bestiality, if the Pasuk says that if a, a woman is with, a, with an animal, it says it's Tevel. Again, it's another form of like disgusting, low, but what does the word Tevel literally mean? So, same game. So Gemara says, uh, all the same thing happened before. He said the pshat, Barakapar rejected it, Barakapar said, I have to have a cup of wine and you got to dance, the whole thing. So um, So Barakapar said, do as he did before, I'll explain it. Okay, so Barakapar said, what's Tevel? Tevel is Tavlin Yeshba. Tevel is the question mark. Tavla, is there any flavor, is there any spice to this? I Meaning, is there any purpose to this? And living with an animal is no purpose. It's, it's not even. It's not even a natural thing, and there's no purpose. There's no taiva. There's no. There's no spice to it. There's no purpose to it. That's the word tevelman. Okay. Mishanya hadabiyim in kulabiyis. The Torah is saying, why are you going with this animal over everything else? I mean, this is the lowest base, disgusting thing that a human could do. Fine. So Amrle, one more shot. The pasuk says zima. Zima means that you shouldn't let your daughter be a prostitute because it fills the the land with zima. Zima means. Uh, promiscuity. But what does the word Zima literally mean? So again, Barakapar said to Rebbe, let's do as he did before, the wine, the dancing. So he did, and then Rebbe Barakapar said, Zima's Zumahi. Who is this child? Meaning, the, pro- the, uh, the uh, uh, prostitution leads to paternity problems and maternity problems. Some more paternity problems and maternity problems. Zumahi, meaning, who is this child? It's going to lead to not even knowing who people are because you don't know who the father is. Zima is Zumahi. Who is this? Okay. Now, the Gemara ends off the narrative of this story is Lo Yochel ben Elasa Lemizbal. Ben Elasa, who was very wealthy and who had a lot of self honor, he could not stand this anymore and he stormed out. He said, he left out in anger. He couldn't stand seeing this. This is that was the that was the end of that wedding. Now the Gemara, before, because we mentioned Ben Allah, so we'll mention something nice about him. This is a sugya in Brachis, Shabbos. This is in Shabbos Daf Yud ish. Actually, this is Shabbos Daf Yud Aleph. I think uh, this is the one thing I actually do remember. So the Gemara says, um, "Oh wow." If it's actually true, I'm impressed because it's not in Maseret Hashem. I'm telling you, it's in Shabbos, like Yud ish The Gemara <laughs> says over there that before David, before davening Mincha, you're not allowed to do certain actions, take a shower, get a haircut, because we're afraid that the haircut will take a long time. So the sugi over there in Shabbos says, what type of haircut? Is it talking about a regular haircut or is it a special Ben Elasa haircut? So the Gemara d- d- entertains this Ben Elasa haircut. Ben Elasa was the son-in-law of Rebbe. He was very wealthy. He had a very special type of haircut that took a very long time. And that was, I'll just tell you outside, we'll see an inside. It was that each hair would go, it would land, and then the other hair would start at the base of the next one. I, I, it, so I, I'm not exactly sure how, in my head, hair extensions. but in my head it looks kind of crazy, but it's, 
short hair that like falls over and then the next one starts at the base of that one then goes over then feathered, feathered. feathered. yeah like each one is like this like each one is chain. it's like a chain haircut he had a very special haircut why? because Ben Alessa felt that that was the haircut of the Kayin Gadol and he wanted to have a zeicha for that haircut to exist so he spent the money and the time he's a wealthy guy he spent the money and he spent the time to get such a haircut the Gemara says my Ben Alasa, what do we know about Ben Alasa other than the fact that he stormed out of the weddings? So the Gemara says, Huh? Oh, yes, yeah, so the Gemara says, Detanya, Ben Alasa didn't spend his money for no reason with this haircut, meaning this haircut that he spent a lot of money on to get an export haircut, it wasn't just because he had a finicky thing about his hair. He wanted to keep intact the Messira of the haircut of the Kain Gadol. The chsiv, the pasuk says, "Ksus yechusmos reshehem." The pasuk says regarding kahanim gedolim, they'll trim their hairs. Trim their hairs. So when the halachas that a kohen has to have a haircut every day, so the gemara says, "Tana." So what does it mean to trim their hair? So we have a tradition, kein lulanis. It's a lulanis haircut. My lulanis. What's a lulanis haircut? Am Rav Yehuda to spirus yichidasa. It's a very unique haircut. Hey chidami, how does it look like? Am Rav Roisha shalzeb. It's adikr shalzeb. The tip of this hair reached the base of the other one, so there wasn't a, a spot uncovered in the head, but it wasn't. But it was cut every day, so it's not like our hair, which is if you have a thick head of hair, your head is also covered. But it's just because there's a mop on your head. This is each hair covered it, but just literally, like if it was a wind, it would blow it off. It's a very unique type of haircut. And the Gemara says, That's we have a Messiah. It's a Messiah that that was the Kain Gadol's haircut. So that's what Ben Olasa did. Okay. Um, back to the back to the sugi of the uh, of the Mishnah. The Mishnah said that one of the foods you're allowed to eat, if you said you're not going to eat a tavshil. So he said tavshil means in the lashon of Nadarim, it's something not eaten with. It's something eat with bread. So it has to be like soupy or runny or like a dip, like a porridge that's runny. But a thick porridge or a thick cholent, a thick porridge, a thick cholent. You cannot, it's not called a tavshel because that's not eaten with bread. It's too thick. Another example of something not eaten with bread was a gourd. What did we said? We said is the delas harmutza, a remutza gourd. A remutza gourd. It was thick. Remutza gourds were not eaten with bread. So the Gemara says, my delas harmutza. What is a remutza gourd? What, 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 what is this? So the Gemara says, tupshatim. Amr Shmuel, kra kurkazai. Shmuel says it was a special type of species. It was called a kurkazian gourd. It's a type of gourd, whatever. So that's Shmuel's pshat. So it's a unique species. Ravashi says no. It's delasa tmuna beremitz. Ravashi says it's a gourd baked in, in in ashes. Meaning Ravashi says it's not a special type of species. It's a regular gourd just baked in uh, in coals. Okay. So according to Shmuel, it's a special type of species of a gourd, and Ravashi says it's not a special gourd. It's just how it's prepared. Now the Gemara just quickly rejects um, Ravashi with the following: Aser in Ravashi, the Kashan Ravashi. Ravashi is saying that the Las Ramutza is a regular gourd prepared in a regular in a different way, but it's not a different type of species. Like Shmuel says, here's the problem: Nachemia Oimer, the Las Aromis, he the Las Amitzus. An Armenian gourd is the same species as an Egyptian gourd. Now, the reason why you got to know what they are is because it's Nagea Klaim. Right? Klaim means you can't cross different breeds. Now, if they're the same type, they just have different names then they could be planted together because they're the same type of species. So he says, Rav Nechemia says, that an Armenian gourd is the same as an Egyptian gourd, Klaim im Yavanis, but they're Klaim with a Greek gourd, meaning these two are not the same as a Greek gourd, okay? Klaim eramutza, and they're also 
Um, they're also Klayim, they're also a different species from the Ramutza gourd. Oh, so what do you see from here? You see the Ramutza gourd is not a regular gourd prepared and cooked in a certain way, because it says the Armenian gourd and the Egyptian gourd cannot be planted with the Ramutza gourd, which means the Ramutza gourd is a different type of gourd, it's a new type of species. Because if the Ramutza gourd is a regular gourd just cooked in a separate way, then you can't say that you can't plant it next to a Ramutza gourd. There's no such thing as a Ramutza gourd. If a Ramutza gourd is not the name of a species, it's the preparation of cooking that you can't say, oh, you can't, you can't plant it near Ramutzagord. What are you talking about? It must be Ramutzagord is a different type of species. And you're saying you can't plant this gourd next to that one. It's a different type of species. Oh, Tiofta, the Shmuel, Tiofta. Okay, Tiofta, it's, it's a rejection. Fine. Now, uh, a little bit weiter. The Gemara says like this. The, the Gemara says, to finish up the daf, um, I'm sorry, the Mishnah says, Hanoidir memaisa kadeira, in iser ella memaisa retachta. So I think we actually said this before. This is a repetition of the previous Mishnah. That the Mishnah says, yeah, I have in the Haggai's with Siyunim says, Plia, this entire Mishnah was already taught. So that's why some uh, in the original Mishnah, Gemara's, the, the Masni, you know that big Mishnah and Gimma, Gimel Mem, in the Gemara and the Mishnah that indicates that it's a Mishnah and a Gemara, should be probably taken out. This is not an actual Mishnah, it's not an actual Gemara. Uh, this is all quotation of a previous Mishnah. Okay. The Gemara is an actual Gemara. Yeah, no, the Gemara is the Gemara, but it's not a new Gemara, it's a continuation. You shouldn't have a Gimel Mem, it should just be taken out. That's according to the Rad. Okay, fine. So, let's just, whatever it is. Um, if you said, I'm not going to eat a Maisa Kedera, then it's only Osir, a Maisa Ratachta. A Maisa Ratachta was a type of porridge that was boiled, excessively boiled. That was Maisa Kedera in the times of the Gemara, like, a, like an overnight cholent. Fine. Amar koina mayarid l'kedera. But if you say, I swear I won't eat anything placed in a pot, not something cooked in a pot, anything placed in a pot, that indicates everything that's cooked in a pot cannot be eaten. So it doesn't matter the length of the stew, it doesn't matter. Anything cooked in a pot is aser. Then shani time aser b'chol naisak there. It's aser anything that's placed in a pot. Fine. Now it was clear from the Gemara that when they would fry things, they would first cook them. They would like partially cook them in the in the pot in a, in a pot and then fry them. That was the minig in 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 the times of the Gemara. Now the reason why that's significant is because if you say I'm not going to eat anything fried. Then can you eat something cooked in a pot? Or you, can you, if you say you can't, it basically it's like this: everything fried was already cooked in a pot. So if you say you're not going to eat anything cooked in a pot, you can't eat anything fried. If you say you're not going to eat anything fried, you could eat things that are cooked in a pot because not everything that's fried, everything that's cooked in a, everything that's fried was cooked in a pot, but not everything that's cooked in a pot was fried. So just you got to figure out the mitzvahs. So the Gemara says Tanya Hanoi If you say you're not going to eat anything cooked in a pot, then aser biyard leilfus. Then you're not eating anything fried. Why? Because everything fried was already cooked. So if everything, by the time it's already fried, it's already cooked, it's already a problem. So if you say you're not going to eat anything cooked in a pot, you're not going to eat anything fried. Because by the time it got to fried, it was already cooked in a pot. But, if you say you're not going to eat anything fried, then you're allowed to eat certain things that are cooked in a pot, because not everything that's cooked in a pot was fried, but everything that's fried was cooked in a pot. Okay. Um, then the Gemara says, if you say uh, a neder that you won't eat nasa kedera, that's finished in a pot, then you're allowed to eat anything fried, because the things that were fried were not finished in a pot, they were finished in the frying pan. 
if you say anything finished in a frying pan, you can eat anything finished in the pot. Okay. Because you indicated that the issue is not just cooking, finished in. So that all that matters is the last finishing touch. Definition of frying means in a pan versus a pot means not covered yeah. in water? Correct. Well, well, when it comes to Hilcha Shabbos, it's a bit unclear pashtus. The difference between frying and cooked in a pot is in a pan as opposed to in a pot with liquid. If it's in a pot without liquid in, in, Hilchus, uh, in Hilchus Shabbos, Pashtus, that's considered frying as well. No matter how long it has to do with the amount of liquid. Submerged? No. No. Submerged in. If it's submerged in oil, like deep frying is considered mavushal in halacha. Right? So if you have. It's considered. Deep, deep fried is considered cooked in halacha. Like in bishalach or bishal, yesh bishalach or tzli, and yesh bishalach or reseyach, all these things. For kashering also, it is. It's considered, if you've trafed up something in deep frying, you kasher it by dipping in boiling water. If you trafed up something by... You know by Correct. If you trafe up something by frying it, not deep frying, it's a machloikas, whether deep frying is considered tigun or considered uh, bishal, and it's uh, complicated for kashering purposes. Anyway, the Gemara says, but also again, but this, that's all like the terminology of halacha. Again, when it comes to nadarim, you also have to go over the, how people speak. When people speak, they talk about frying as opposed to a pot. Pot and pan is, is the major distinction, that's how I would assume. The Gemara sends off, when with the end of the this, if you say you're not going to eat anything, yorid minatanur. Yorid minatanur means uh, placed in the depth of the oven. That was always referring to bread. That was, that was bread. Okay, so you now eat bread. I'll call maizatan, or if you say anything cooked in the oven, maizatan, or also call nasimatan, and you eat anything in the oven. Okay, next page. The Mishnah says like this, min hakovush. Okay, it's clear from the Mishnah that when you say a, a, a cooking preparation or a food preparation, but you say min, min means the, like underline, underline the, like the main way. So you say min hakovush. I'm not going to eat anything that is the pickled. The pickled means the norm, the like main thing when you think of when you think of pickling. Now, when they, they, they when they used to do that, they used to think of vegetables. Now, technically, you could pickle corned beef, you could pickle other things, but the the when you the head when it goes to like minakavish, you think of pickling vegetables. So, therefore, the word min indicates the main uh, usage. The main usage of pickling of kavish was was vegetables. So when you say minakavush, you're not allowed to eat vegetables only. You're allowed to eat meat pickled because the intention was the main one, which is vegetables. Same thing, but if you say kavush anytime, if you say, I won't eat anything pickled, then it's also b'chalgvush, obviously you can't eat anything pickled. So it depends if you say min, it means the, the underline, the main one. If you say kol um, then it's anything that is pickled. Same thing with minashalok. Minashalok means if you're not going to eat anything braised, so, um, well, they call it undercooked. I thought it was braised, braised whatever. If you eat, if you say minakovush, uh, you won't eat the undercooked food um, or braised. I actually think it's more of a classic terminology. So then the halacha is, if you say braised, you could braise vegetables, you could braise potatoes, but when people's minds, it braised meat. That's, that's what it means. Braised means to to slowly cook with dripping liquid over it, but it's not, it's not, it's like, it's like not, it's, uh, uh, what's the, when it comes to meat, there's medium, uh, like rare. It's like rare, cooking it rare. So you could do that with vegetables, but obviously people's minds, you go to meat. So 
Minashaluk in a Asal Minashaluk Shalbasar. Shaluk Shani time, but if you say I won't eat anything braised, that is Asal. Behold Minashaluk, then anything that's cooked that way. It could be vegetable, it could be corn, it doesn't matter. Okay. So the word min indicates the, and kol hashaluk is all of it. The Gemara just has a shayla. What if instead of saying the word min, and instead of saying shani tayim, which the Mishnah addressed, instead of min kavush, which implies the pickling, which is vegetables, you said dik kavush, that is. The question is, what does the dalit indicate in people's vernacular? So does it mean the pickled, which means vegetables, or anything pickled? Or the shalik mai, the tzali mai, the maliach mai. Again, it could be all food preparations. Heichan mash, what does it mean? Tiboi, teku, we, we don't know. Elio will explain. Next Mishnah. Min hatzli, again, same thing. If you say min, that means the main preparation. So if you say roasted, then it's ene asl min tzli shalbasa. That means meat. Roasted is meat. Different of Yehuda, that's of Yehuda's opinion. But Tzli Shani Tayyim, but if you say, I won't eat anything roasted, then it's also Bechom B'Tzluyim, then you're not eat anything roasted. Min Amaliyach, again, if you say, I won't eat anything salted, thus salted, thus salted was always fish. Because if you're going to eat something that is prepared in salt, it was fish. Fish was like herring. Herring was the main thing that people's minds went to when they thought of salted and preserved in salt, that was fish. But if you say, I won't eat anything that's preserved in salt, then it's anything. Okay. Now, what if you say, I won't eat a dog, I won't eat a fish, or dagim? So here's the question, basically. There's different types of fish. You have raw, you have big, you have small, you have pickled, you have chopped up, you have fish brine. What, what, what does all this mean? So the Misha, basically, assumption is that if you say the word dog or dagim, that implies whole. So it says dog or dagim, aser behen ben gedolim ben ketanim ben maluchim ben tefelim ben chayim ben mivushalim. The word dog or dagim implies whole fish, whether it's raw, cooked, pickled, big or small, but it implies whole fish. Umuter betris trufa ubetzir, but you're allowed to eat tris trufa. Tris trufa was a fish dip that had a lot of chopped up fish in it. So that's fine because the word dagim implies whole fish, not chopped up fish. And you're also allowed to eat fish brine because fish brine, while fish brine might have some innards in it a little bit, that's not a whole fish. So the word dog or dagim implies whole fish. That's the Gemara. But if you say, if you said the word, I won't eat tzachana, tzachana was uh, fish bits. Uh, yes, so <laughs> that would probably drive you nuts. Tzachana, tzachana, if you say tzachana, tzachana was a type of fish, uh, like uh, fish bits. So then it's also betris trufa, umuta betsir, then you're not allowed to eat uh, even fish um, tris trufa, which was again a fish dip, but umuta betsir, you're allowed to eat the fish brine because fish brine is not fish bits. Ubemurius, and you're not allowed to eat, uh, uh, you're allowed to eat uh, murius as well, fish juice. Okay. Hanoider mitris trufa, but if you say you're not going to eat tris trufa, tris trufa was that dip that had the fish innards in it, that also had fish brine. Tris trufa implies any fish product. Then it's aser, but sirubamiris. Okay, fine. So you see the word dog and dagim implies whole fish. That's the main point. We'll just get to the Mishnah very easy. Tanya, Rishimad Allah Dog shani tayim. If you say I'm not going to eat dog, then it's aser. You see, our Mishnah said the word dog implies both big or small. Rav Shem Gamliel disagrees. He feels that the word dog implies big only. 
What's the difference? Is there some type of measurement of what's considered big? What's considered I would, it is, where, the Gemara's conclusion is going to be that this is just vernacular, the way people talk. So you'd have to, I guess, at the time, people knew what big and fish and small fish meant. But you're allowed to eat big fish, you're allowed to eat big fish, and with the big time, you're allowed to eat small little sardines. Daga, but if you say the word daga with a hey, then it's the opposite. You're not allowed to eat katanim, and you're allowed to eat gadam, because daga means small fish, not big fish. Here's the problem. So again, dug means big fish, daga means small fish. So therefore, says Roshim Malil, if you say dug daga, I won't eat dug or daga, then it's shari tayim, also big you're not allowed to eat both. But again, the word dug means small, uh, means big, and daga means small. Here's the problem. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you outside what the Gemara is going to do and we'll get to the Mishnah. The Gemara eventually is going to conclude that Nidarim just means the way people talk. So once that's the case, then it's like, okay, Doug means people say the word Doug for big, they use Doug for, Doug for small. Okay, fine. But the Gemara before that thinks that there's Sukkim in the Torah that indicate this. And the problem is that's going to be hard to find. So right now you're saying Doug means small and Doug means big. Here's the problem. The Gemara says, How do I know the word dog means big? Because the Pasuk says, The Pasuk says that there was a big fish, a dog, Gadol, that swallowed up Yonah. So you see, dog means big. Okay, that's fair. You have a Pasuk that implies dog means big. But he said dog means small. The Gemara says, The Pasuk says that Yonah davins from the belly of the Daga. You're telling me Daga means small? I thought he was swallowed up by a big fish. So how could Daga mean small if he dove in from the, the, ba- the, the belly of the Daga? So the Gemara says, okay, hola kasha. Dilma palte Daga bali Maybe Yonah was swallowed up by a big, big fish, a dog, and then the big fish spit him out, and he was swallowed up by a small fish. So small, by the way, is still big enough to swallow up Yonah. Just it's not bigger. So that was, Yonah had a, had, a, had a rough day, and he got... Or he became tiny. It was a uh, honey. I shrunk Yona. I don't know. Whatever. So that that's those. So the Gemara says maybe Daga is really small. I it says that Yona Davin from the belly of the Daga. Maybe he at that point he was in a small fish. So the Gemara says Ella v'hadaga shebiyar mesa. The problem is the pasuk describes by the makos that it says that the Daga died by the by the makos of blood. You're telling me that only the small fish died, not the big fish. That can't be. The Gemara says. Hashem only killed the small fish, not the big fish. It can't be. The answer is really no. The word daga means both small and big. But so, so why did why do Rishon Lamalil say that daga implies only small by Nadarim? Meaning, from a biblical standpoint, from a technical standpoint, the word daga means big or small. When it comes to Nadarim, we use the classic way of how people speak. And in Rishon Gamliel's location, they use Daga for small fish only. Let's just finish up the, to the Mishnah. If you say you won't eat Tzachana, then you're not allowed to eat even um, broken up fish. What if you say, I'm not going to eat Tzachan? What does that mean? Does Tzachan imply brine and fish juice also or just Tzachaneh? T-Boy, we are not sure, and Elio will explain. I, uh...